0: Welcome to Heart Church. We believe the gospel has the power to change your whole life, all your life. We hope you're ready to hear from God and be impacted by this message. In thinking about what to share today, I thought, you know, we had a big meal last week, didn't we? You know, when you've had a big meal, it's like when you've had a big lunch and then it comes around to to tea time, comes around to supper time or whatever. And uh, you said, no, man, I can't, I just can't. I, I, I. Maybe a sandwich, maybe a sandwich. So if you weren't here la- uh, last week, then you can catch up with that message online. But I, I'm, 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 I'm not gonna bring such a big meal this week, but I'm gonna bring a sandwich. But don't, you know, it's gonna be a nice sandwich. It's gonna be a good sandwich, but I'm gonna bring you a sandwich. I'm actually gonna speak from the same Exactly the same scripture that I spoke on last week, but it's a completely different message. Uh, and I'm I'm reading from the uh, New International Version this time. It's a great story in Second Kings chapter four, where the Bible says that the wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha, "Your servant my husband is dead and you know that he revered the Lord but now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as his slaves. Elisha replied to her how can I help you tell me what do you have in your house your servant has nothing there at all she said except a small jar of olive oil. Elisha said, "Go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. Then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons. Pour oil into all the jars as each is filled, put it to one side." She left him and shut the door behind her and her sons, and they brought her, sorry, they brought the jars to her and she kept pouring. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, bring me another one. But he replied, there's not a jar left. Then the oil stopped flowing. And she went and told the man of God, and he said, go and sell the oil and pay your debts. You and your sons can live on what is left. Father, we pray as we come around your word, that you will speak to us, Lord God. I believe you've got something for everyone in the room. You've got something to, to touch our hearts, mend our hearts, heal our hearts. You've got something to renew our minds with. Father God, we thank you that your word is powerful, unchanging, that Father, there are, there's a miracle contained in your word today for somebody's life, and I pray that they will receive it to the glory of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. It's great to have our adventure kids. I was a bit disturbed that there were quite a few grown-ups who were a bit disappointed. They also didn't get a sticker book. But um, don't steal your child's sticker book. It's not cool. Um, We were, as I said, introduced to this woman last week. You know, she, was, she found herself in circumstances that were not of her own making. I wonder if you find yourself in circumstances today that are not of your own making. The scripture takes or makes the point that it was her husband's creditor. You know, one of my heart's desire you know, the Bible says that um, blessed is the man who leaves an inheritance to his children's children. I say that because God is a multi-generational God. He wants us to think even beyond the next generation. He wants to think um, uh, into, the, into the next generation. And, and, you know, I don't know what you have been handed as a family, what you've been handed as an individual, but I want you to believe that you can pass on blessing, not only to the next generation, but to the one after. But unfortunately, this, I mean, this, this was a man who loved God. He, he, he revered the Lord, and yet he left a mess to his widow and his, his sons. God help us to not leave a mess to the next generation. Let's pass on blessing. Let's, let's help people get a step up. Let's help people get further and do more. She found herself in a situation that was beyond her. And she did not have the power to resolve it. When, when the Bible tells us that she cried out, that wasn't the kind of cry of someone who's just seeking to get someone's, attention. I don't know whether anyone here has ever heard the kind of cry that you don't just hear, you feel. It's the kind of cry of distress, the kind of cry of pain that, that, that you don't just hear audibly, but you actually feel it in your body. I've heard that a couple of times in my life. And, and the Bible, uh, in the original language, describes this cry as that kind of cry. It was a a deep, bitter cry calling out. This was a desperate woman. I wonder, today maybe there's someone here carrying a a desperate cry. It's, It's inaudible maybe to our ears, but God hears it. I want you to know that you may be crying, you may be carrying a cry in your heart, and you think nobody cares, and nobody knows, and nobody understands. I want you to know God knows, God cares, God understands. Again, I find it interesting that, and we'll reflect on this towards the end. That sometimes the best thing you can do for somebody is give them something to do. Because the man of God didn't just rally around, give her a hug, pat her on the back, tell her everything was going to be all right. Here she is crying out, mortified, a deep, bitter cry. And the man of God gave her something to do. To me, it sounds a little bit, what? What? It's like she's crying out. So she's desperate. She wants him to give her something. But, but, And in other words, I'm at the end, do something about my situation. But he wanted her to do something. He says, borrow as many jars as you can. He didn't say, borrow as many jars as you can. He says, as you can. You've got to do what you can do. He didn't set her up to do something she couldn't do. He set her up with something she could succeed at. But, he wanted to show her that there was something that she can do. Last week, we we focused on the fact that there's oil in your house. And, and this week, I want to remind us that the root to her miracle was something that she didn't yet have. The root to a miracle, God was getting ready to do a miracle, but the root, to a miracle was something that she didn't yet have. I wanna say to somebody that God is gonna equip you for your miracle. It doesn't mean that you're not gonna have to do something, but God is gonna equip you for your miracle. He's gonna give you what you need, but He's gonna involve you in the process. There's a miracle on the way, but God is gonna help you make a way. I think for someone here, I've just preached. That's all the that's all the words you need. That's all the message you need. There, there's a miracle on the way because God is making a way, and it was true, of course, for this woman. I want to I want to say that God wants us to understand that He's going to He equips us. No matter how frustrated you feel, no matter how hopeless you feel today, no matter how hopeless you feel your situation is, I've come to encourage you in the name of the Lord that that there is something you can do. God is not expecting you to do what you can't do, but there is something that you can do. And I want to say, stop being paralyzed by what you think you can't do. Don't get stuck in the headlights of what you think you can't do. What can you do? And the problem is, it's like she, she said, oh, you know, I've only got a little bit of oil. We minimize the bit we can do, but I want to say God wants you to do the bit you can do. And he's going to meet you. He's going to meet you on the way. God, God is doing something bigger in your story. God is doing something bigger in your story. I know I think that it's something that's very personal to you, but but God is always thinking bigger than you. He's thinking bigger than your scenario. And it was true of our widow because I think it's um, interesting that he, he sent her to collect jars. He said... Go and, go, and, go and collect as many jars as you can. And, and, and they went around to their neighbors. Now, this is my, it's not explicitly there in the scripture, but I believe it's implicitly there. You know, that, listen, I think the people knew her situation. You know, those, those communities were smaller. They, 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 you know, the, the, they, didn't, they didn't have the, the internet, they didn't have social media, but, but there was, in those kind of tight communities, everybody knew what was, what was going on. And uh, I think that when she went and her sons went collecting jars from the neighbours, he created intrigue in the community. It's like, what? Why Why are these guys going door to door, collecting all our jars and all our pots? Because God wanted to do something bigger. He wanted to do something in the community. God is not in your situation. In your challenge, in your difficulty, God is not just doing something for you, He's doing something through you. God is doing something for you, but He's also doing something through you, and other people are going to get blessed as they see God do something in your story. God is doing something in your story, but He wants to get the attention of some other people. But I wanna say this, that whilst the provision was public, the process was private. Whilst the provision was public, the process was private. The man of God said, I want you to go behind closed doors. I want you to shut the door. There's some things that need to happen behind closed doors. God is gonna do some things publicly, but there are some things that need to happen behind closed doors. God prepares behind closed doors. I believe that he, he prepares us in private. Private preparation before public acclamation. In fact, when God puts something on display, it will have already been poured out in private. Oh, come on, somebody. When God puts something on display, it will have already been poured out in private. And we're never gonna get away from what God wants to do behind closed doors in private. See, we we create an atmosphere here. I was talking last week about collecting empty vessels. They sent them out to collect empty vessels and I said that part of our job is to go out and collect people with empty hearts so that they can come here and have those hearts filled with the oil of the Spirit of God. We've we've got to do that. It's, It's like this widow and a family could have sat inside praying, oh God, give us oil. Oh God, give us oil. Oh God, give us oil. But they needed to have something to pour it into. And, and we are, we are, we're, we're looking for a, a move of God. We're looking for God to do something incredible 100%. But, but God is looking for some vessels to pour into. He's looking, for pe- He's looking for people with empty hearts. He's looking for people lonely, sad, that he wants to fill with the oil of joy. We, we create an atmosphere here. We create a platform here in which people can come and look. But it's only, it's what God does in the privacy of our own hearts and lives that is going to change our life. We've got we've to allow God to do something privately within us. For anyone, anyone who <laughs> desires to do anything of 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 public ministry must understand that anything that's gonna have any significance or lasting value must have been prepared in private. It must, we, you, you're not gonna escape that. You're not gonna build. We're not gonna build in the way we wanna build. We're not trying to just have a great Sunday. Do you understand me? Can we, can we, can we just talk today? We're not trying to just have a great Sunday. We're not gathering a crowd. We're not, we're not gathering a crowd so we can stick it on Instagram and it looks like everything's amazing. We, we're building a church, but we're building community. We're building people. We're raising disciples that are gonna go out there into the world. If, if we come in here, have a great time, go out there and everything stays the same, or somehow... What happens here doesn't impact my Wednesday afternoon or my, my Friday morning. If, 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 if what happens here doesn't touch the rest of our lives, there's something really wrong. Sundays are not our opportunity to collect our happy meal. We drive in, collect our happy meal, and we drive home. From what I remember of happy meals, it's been a very long time since I've had them. But they, they don't keep you satisfied for very long. It might, it might keep you satisfied for a little while, but it's not enough. So, whilst the provision was public, the process was private. You know, the thing is this ultimately, ultimately, what happens in private will always be put on display. Ultimately. What happens in private will end up on display. So we've got to decide what happens in private so that the right things get put on display. One of the things that I love about this account is Whether intentionally or otherwise, I don't know, but she involved the children in the process. We read that they kept bringing jars to her. So there was a miracle going on, but she involved the children. The man of God involved the children in the process. I want to say, if we're building, if we're building a move of God, if we're building something that's going to impact a city and going to impact a nation, then we need to involve our children in the process. Take them on the journeys of faith with you. Of course, to take them on a journey of faith, you've actually got to be having journeys of faith. And God wants us to be people who have journeys of faith. One of the things that, Lynette and I did consistently, was take our kids on the journey of faith. Now, this is something that I just wanna be clear about. I know that, and we've lived through many challenging times, you've gotta gotta choose your journeys of faith. I don't think that it's wise, personally, to burden your child with something they're not able to carry. The truth is you might not be able to pay the mortgage this month. It's probably not the wisest thing to give that your child to pray over. You understand what I'm saying? It might You might not have, you're not maybe not sure where the food's coming from this week, but you don't say, Johnny, pray because mommy doesn't know where the food's coming from this month. You don't. You're giving them a burden that's too difficult for them to carry. And you say, Well, you told us to take us on the journey of faith. But yes, but not that one. You, you also have a responsibility as a, a parent to protect them. So that's 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 your that's your burden. But I'm talking about things that will help them grow in their understanding of God. Because, because we've got to help our children. This is this is. This is how we help grow and build another generation. You know, an inheritance isn't just about money. There's a spiritual inheritance that we pass on to our children. It's not just what happens down the the the, the, the corridor there in adventure kids. It's 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 what it's what happens in our homes. You know, I, I think that, you know, I mean my kids will cringe at some of the things I'm going to say now but you know like we've we've, we, we've done we've done that and I'll tell you Lynette has been utterly phenomenal in this uh, you know I remember we were like in, when we were making our first house move we were making our first house move and um, we'd sold our house the one we were going for fell through we couldn't find another one and it was getting you know if, if you've ever been in that situation it's yeah it's, it's a challenge it's stressful uh, you know you you you're about to give your home up and you don't know where you're gonna go and I remember um, you know uh, Lynn we were praying for our home and we got we got saucepans and wooden spoons and with all the kids marched around the living room and Lynette was getting them to to um, you know proclaim devil get off our house devil get off our house and uh and They they have literally never forgotten it. And I'm not saying they've brought it up as a memory that they treasure, but what I'm saying is that they've never forgotten it. And whilst it's a good opportunity to take the rip out of mom and dad, it is something that they in turn one day just may implement with their children. I remember us believing, we were believing for years to have this is this is gonna date us. I know that, but we were believing because it's what we had faith for. An H, Reg, Toyota Previa. I don't even think you can have you get those these days. Toyota Previa, people carrier. We had four kids, and then we got a TV. Um, you'll get it later. Um, and we had we were believing for a people carrier, and and and, and we were driv- driving around. In uh, crammed into a Mitsubishi Space Wagon. Anybody remember what a Mitsubishi Space Wagon was? Basically, the boot became two seats. That's what it was. So there was there was nothing. You didn't have any boot space. But we were driving around in that, believing God to give us a Toyota Previa. And every time we saw a Previa driving around, we used to, we didn't go. You know, we didn't get the kids to go. Oh God, Sharama in the name of Jesus, you're able to provide. Oh God, Father, in the name of De-. we we didn't go into that every time. We just said, "Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for our Toyota, our h reg Toyota Previa." Unbeknown to us, and then this went on for this went on for months. We actually went on holiday to France, and the the people next to us in the tent next to us. Um, they had an H Reg Toyota Previa. Just gave us opportunity to pray for two weeks every time we saw it. But I can tell you this: that, that um, sometime later, uh, someone the Lord spoke to, literally spoke to somebody, and they uh, they went to. Uh, the, I don't know whether Ann and Terry are in, but Terry Carpenter used to run a car second-hand car business. They went into the, the to see Terry. And uh, they said, oh, you know, I'm thinking, we're thinking of getting Malcolm and Lynette a car. Have you any idea what they would like? And he said, funny enough, I do have an idea what they would like. And uh, so he said that they want a Toyota Previa. And he said, and what's even more funny is someone has just brought one in today. And guess what it was? An H Reg Toyota Previa. And I, what, I want, what I'll never forget, I love the car, I'll tell you what I love more. Driving up to the King's School on a Friday afternoon and watching my kids' faces as they got into the car and saying, whose is this, whose is this? This is our H-Rech Toyota Previa. But they were taken on the journey. They were taken on the journey. I was. I, I know some of you might look at them, what these guys are off their head. You know, we've we've lived like this. We've lived like this. We we um we needed we needed a computer uh, years ago. And and you know the kid in those days when computers first come out. I don't know whether it's true, Sarah, now, but it probably isn't. But years ago, if you did work on the computer, you actually got extra marks. I don't think that's the case anymore. I think everybody's got a computer, but. In those days, you know, you used to get extra marks if you produced work on the computer because it showed, a, uh, it showed another set of skills. And, and we didn't have a computer, couldn't afford a computer. But what we did do was in our little, we'd had a little, little garage conversion, we put in a desk and a chair and an A4 piece of paper that said, thank you, Lord, for our computer. And we walked by it for weeks. I, put, I can't tell you exactly because it's a while ago, but, but also my kids—they walk past an empty space, an empty table. I know that yeah, you know, it's going to be quiet in here now, and you may feel like you want to pray for us. But like this is—you know what? What I'm saying is, guys, we 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 refused to accept that we couldn't afford a computer. We we chose to believe we got a big God, and He was He would make a way, and and would—you know—that that piece of. A4 paper got very crumpled and very dirty. Every time you walked by, it used to blow off. We should have blue-tacked it to the table. And then it got dog-eared. And, but you know what didn't get dog-eared was the, the, the thing that it proclaimed and spoke out. And I want you to know, it wasn't too long before on that desk sat a computer. Yeah. We, I don't know about you, I just don't wanna sing about a God of miracles. I don't wanna just sing about the possibility of stuff. I wanna, I wanna see, I wanna see God move. I'm just that kind of person, I'm sorry. I don't wanna just talk about stuff and we just, oh, you know, yeah, it's all lovely. Yeah, yeah, it's all lovely, but I wanna see it. I need to see it. Because if God is real, He's gonna do something. He's, something's gonna change, something's gonna give. We, uh, my wife actually talked about this story, uh, just one more, the, the, um, when we were preparing. So I, I actually sat at that computer that I've just talked about. And uh, we had an opportunity to go to South Africa um, on holiday. And um, I, was, I was a bit under pressure because we literally didn't have anything. It was, we, for, for the tickets, you know, six of us, um, honestly, everywhere we went, it was like going on a school trip, you know. It was the, but like for flights to, to South Africa were not, were not cheap to, to and, and I think we wanted to go to, to Joburg and then and, and fly down to, to Cape Town. And um, I, was, I was in, I think Lynette said, well, darling, it's up to you. Because we didn't have the money. And, and I did something that I never do. I never do. I don't recommend you do this, okay? I don't recommend you do it. But it was for us just a moment that I felt, and it was a test. It was a test of faith for me personally. And I remember stood in the back garden, pacing up and down, saying, "God, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do." And uh, I thought, you know what? I'm going to do it. I had, no, I had, I, I thought in that moment that. I was deciding about a holiday. What I was actually deciding about was where the, the country that me and my family were gonna move to for the next decade. But we, I, I then came in and sat at that computer I've just talked you about and booked six tickets to South Africa. It cost 2,000 pounds. I say that for a reason I tell you not now. So, that, so I banged out on the credit card. Don't do it. I'm not, I'm not telling you to do it. I'm just saying that's what I, I, I felt to do. And I was praying. <laughs> Funny, there's nothing that will quite get you to pray, like those kind of decisions. So that night, uh, I went into, we had a little uh, conservatory in that house and I went into the conservatory and I was praying. I was reading a book um, by a guy called John G. Lake. Uh, he was the guy you saw many miracles in his life. And uh, I got to this bit in the book, can you believe it, that um, it was talking about him and six children, six children going to South Africa. And I think this was back in the 1800s and he needed $2,000. And I thought to myself, wait a minute. If that guy can believe for two thousand dollars back in the 1800s, I'm sure I can believe for two thousand pounds. God's got us; He's going to make a way. So I then went into the TV room where the rest of the family were. I said, "Guys, guys, 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 turn the TV, turn the TV down, turn the TV down." You know, and I'd love you to—I'd love to say to you that in that moment, my children turned and said, "Yes, my father." Uh, alas, it did not quite go that way. It's, oh, Dad, we're watching something. What? No, I want to pray about something. Oh, we want to pray. Oh, God. It was, yeah. It, I saw the moment going differently in my head. But I said, no, guys, listen. We're believing to go to South Africa. And, and I feel that God's just spoken to me. I don't know. He's going to provide the money. He's going to make a way. And, um, and it was like, so I, I want to pray. I want to pray. I just wanted to take them on the journey. And, uh, and so, you know, them kicking and screaming, they were taken on that journey. But then, you know, I think I said, the moment amen left my lips, they said, can we turn the TV up now? <laughs> but I walked out of that room. The next day, the next day, we, we held some baptisms for a church that we uh, planted on Bell's Lane. Some people had come to the Lord. We had some baptisms. Uh, that someone, um, someone from this church came up to us and said, God had spoken to them the day before. And, uh, and they'd never done it before, but they gave us a check for a thousand pounds. I said, no way. I said, that is incredible. I said, I told them the story. And they said, and I'm, I'm gonna cover the rest. So the next day, I mean, oh God, wouldn't it be great if all our prayers You know, it's like the next day, it's like it always happened the next day, but the next, so that next day, I was able to go back into that same room, bring out that check, holding onto the name so the kids didn't know where it had come from, but passing it around and saying, look what the Lord has done. It builds faith. It builds faith in your children, that's why it's important to take them on the journey. This, this woman was taking them on the journey because her children watched her pour out the oil. I want to say this, our children are watching. Our children are watching. And I believe that it's in watching God work for you that it will inspire them that God will work for them I know you'd love it to be your words of wisdom and you know that prayer time you had and all that and that's all great but it's watching God work for you it's that that is going to powerfully speak to them it's more what they see more than what we say and i want to say this if if your children know your belief if you if you if your children know you're a believer then I've got to say this, the God of home is always going to be more powerful than the God of church. That is, that is the reality. You may book them into Adventure Kids early. You may pick them up late. Don't do that. But you, may, you, know, like you can't leave it all to the church environment to do the job that you should be doing. The God, the God of home is always going to be more powerful than the God of church, and they've got to see something real in your lives. If your children see a version of you at home that is different to the version they see at church. Okay, maybe it was always going to go quiet at that moment. If they see a different version in those two places, that is going to speak more powerfully than whatever you say to them. You can say you should, you should, you should, you should, till kingdom come. But it's what they see that is going to speak a powerful message. And you see, I, for me, I think that God wanted to do something in that family. I talked last week, and so I don't want to, I don't want um, to go on too much about it this week. But I talked about the fact that a little oil pours slowly. A little oil pour slowly. You can't rush. You can't rush that. You know, I, I know I know. God could have dropped a vat into the room. He could have had something dropped off. He could have had the neighbors club together and buy them a big vat of oil, but he chose to use what they had and for it to pour slowly. And I want to say that, that, that God wanted to do something more for the family than provide the payment of debts and something to live off. I was thinking about the fact that not only a death coming to the home, but the Bible tells us that she had nothing in her home except a little oil, which means that slowly but surely they had watched stuff leave the house. They'd, lost, they'd, left the, they'd seen the table go. They'd seen the chairs go. They'd seen the jars go. I kind of think that they borrowed back the jars they'd sold to their neighbors. They'd just seen it all go. And when they got nothing left to sell, they were desperate. They Maybe maybe they tried to sell the little flask of oil, but people say, ah, oh, we don't want that. What do we need that for? We've got loads of oil. We don't need that. And I just think that not only had stuff drained from their home, but joy had drained from their home. The sons had met, watched their mother get more and more desperate with every passing day. They'd watched not only her carry the grief of losing her husband, but the burden, the intolerable weight of the debt, the intolerable weight of knowing that there was someone coming for her sons to make them slaves. And she, she, she became desperate. But, but I want you to now imagine what began to happen as the oil began to trickle in. Because I think like at first, it wouldn't have been like that amazing. Because they had a bowl they add a bit of oil and it began to pour slowly, slowly, slowly. But then, wait a minute. Just tiny. Can you imagine the excitement? Can you imagine the the hope that began to to trickle back in? Hope. And joy and excitement began to trickle back into that home and trickle back into their lives. God God was bringing a healing. Yes, they needed their physical needs met. But I just believe, I, I know he doesn't mention it, but I just believe that there was a smile on their face. Maybe they couldn't get to laughter yet, but there was a smile. Maybe the laugh came later, but there was a smile on their face as they suddenly saw the impossible become possible in their lives. God was changing their minds. I, I wish I had time. If God, if God can change your mind, He can change your life. If you can change your mind, He can change your life. To be transformed by the renewing of your mind, and I want to say that sometimes healing does not rush in. Sometimes healing trickles in. You say, "Well, why doesn't it happen faster? Why doesn't it happen faster?" You know, I was, I was thinking about this. You know, I, we've got some, uh, we've got some uh, pots, tubs in our. In our garden, we've got some hanging baskets and, and you know, as you, anyone, anyone who's got those kind of things, especially in this weather, know that it, dry, it, it dries out really quickly. And if you, you can come, I've got, I've got a, a watering can. I've also got a, a, a hose pipe with a, a little shower head on. You know, if you, you could be throwing water at that thing and, and. but the trouble is, if the, the soil is so dry, it doesn't have the capacity to receive So it falls, it just, it runs off. You can convince yourself that you've watered it because you've thrown water at it, but it didn't have the capacity to receive because it was too much too soon. Some things have to trickle into our lives because if it comes out as too much too soon, we can't receive it. But as it trickles in, it gives us time to change. It gives us time to absorb. It gives us time to understand that, that, that as, as, as as the oil trickled out, hope trickled in. Oh, that's good. I'm going to say that again. As, as the oil trickled out, hope trickled in. It may have taken a little time, but hope was restored. And I want to say that the the miracle actually wasn't that the oil poured. The miracle was the oil kept pouring. Sometimes it's the things we keep doing. It's not just that I did it, but I kept doing it. I kept at it. I kept going. It was slow. It was slow, but I just kept going. I'll tell you. I tell you. I'm here to tell somebody: just keep going. I know it might not be going quick enough for you, but just, just keep going. Just. Keep trickling it out. Just keep believing. Just keep holding on to that word. Just keep trusting. Just, just know He's got you. Just let Him tr- trickle joy and hope. I really felt this was a word for someone. That is, as the oil trickled in, joy and hope displace the stress at the center of that family. And I really felt that was a word for someone here. That you're carrying a lot of stress in your family. You're carrying a lot of stress. Oh, I'm not talking when you come here. When you come here, the kids are often adventure kids or not today, but you know what I'm saying. We can smile. We can put in our church smile. But I'm talking about in the car. I'm talking about at home. I'm talking about meal times. I'm I'm talking about the stress, the stress in your house. I know you don't want to talk about it. You don't want to think about it. And maybe what's worse is you become so used to it that you don't hardly notice it anymore. You just get used to carrying a load of stress. And I want to say that God wants to bring a healing into your home. He wants the oil of God to flow into your home, to trickle back into your home. God wants an atmosphere of fun and laughter in your home. I don't know what I'm talking to this morning, but but God God wants you to set an atmosphere where where joy, joy and happiness displaces the stress. and, and, and that begins by God displacing the stress at the center of my life. But I've got to sometimes, I've got, I've got, I've got to be the atmosphere. If I'm a mom, if I'm a dad here today, then I am the atmosphere setter of the home. I'll, I'll come and speak to these guys because these guys are looking at me like I've lost my mind. We, we've got, this is practical, this is a sandwich. It's a sandwich, but if we could understand that, that our, our kids, are in adventure kids for a very short time, but they're with us at home all the time. And we've got a responsibility to create an, an atmosphere of joy and hope. It's a, if you, God help me. God help me to make this fun. You know, if you, you could, I, you can make anything fun if you put your mind to it. Ah, I haven't got enough time. But God wants, we think we can think that the restoration of the family is just the fact that they were able to sell the oil and pay their debts and live off everything else that solves a problem an important problem don't get me wrong I know it does but I think there was something even more important going on and and not only that but God God had got the attention of the whole community The whole community saw what, what he was doing for that family. Could it be that you're surrounded by a whole world of people who God wants to show off, this is what I can do for a man, this is what I can do for a woman, this is what I can do for their children. What would it look like, what would it look like if this week you left this place and said, you know what, my home is gonna be a place of joy and laughter. I might, I might have problems, I might have difficulties, I might have the same problems, but I'm, I'm, it's gonna be fun in my house. We're gonna do stuff that will be fun. You see, God will restore your life, but He'll involve you in the process. I just wanna run through this, There's these seven things. It says she had to choose to believe that what the man of God had said was true. Number two, she had to act on it. Number three, they had to collect jars. Number four, she had to pour out the oil. Number five, they had to sell the oil, which meant six, she could pay off the debts and live off the rest. And seven, they had to return the jars they borrowed. And God multiplied the oil and God multiplied the oil. Seems like she had quite a lot to do with a miracle. And through the process, the man of God offered her an alternative vision of the future for her family. Someone needs to hear that. Some of you, you've got bogged down in all the pain and the issues, you've got bogged down in the stress, you've got bogged down in all the stuff that needs to be done, but God wants to give you an alternative vision for the future of your family. There is hope, there is joy, there is freedom. God wants, God wants to put incredible memories in your family. Make, make memories. Make memories, make memories. We're going to make memories. Let's make good memories. Let's make joy-filled memories. There's an alternative future for your family, but the oil has to flow behind closed doors. There's an alternative future for your family, but the oil has to flow behind closed doors can you say amen before I hand over I just want to pray I want to pray for families here and you respond however you want to I want to pray for families I want to pray that the oil of the Holy Spirit will flow first in your life and then into the life of your family. I wanna say to somebody, like I said last week, God definitely wants to give you a strategy to get out of debt. And this is part of it. But I wanna say that a lot of things that bring joy and laughter are free. You don't have to spend money to bring joy and life into your home. Joy and life can flow through you in Jesus' name. I want to pray that the joy and hope, that joy and hope will flow in and displace the stress at the center of your family. I want to prophesy laughter into your home, healing laughter, healing joy. Just as that oil flowed in and brought joy, I want to pray for healing, laughter and joy to flood your home that God will just give you a supernatural gift of joy and you will work towards it. I pray that God will meet your needs. I pray that God will bring healing and restoration to your family. And I pray that God will give you a vision of an alternative future for your family. But to know that for that to happen, the oil has to flow behind the walls of your home. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Thank you. You've come to the end of this message. We hope you've been challenged and inspired. Stay up to date with everything going on in the life of our church by checking out our social media. Just search Heart Church UK.